And open your Bible to the book of James, chapter 1. Puede tomar su lugar y abra su Biblia. Santiago, capítulo 1. Verso 9. We're going to look at James, chapter 1, verse 9 tonight. Santiago, capítulo 1, verso 9. If this is your first time with us on a Wednesday night, we welcome you. Glad you're here. Uh, this is our Bible study. So we take some time to go through the word. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, there will be a the text of scripture on the screen. Así usted uh, no ha estado con nosotros en un día de estudio bíblico. En este día tomamos nuestro tiempo con la palabra de Dios, una manera uh, de enseñanza. Teaching is important, isn't it? La, la enseñanza es muy importante. And we began last week a new a Bible study called Pressure Points. Comenzamos la semana pasada un estudio nuevo llamado Puntos de Presión. No de depresión, pero de presión. Pressure Points. And we talked about the fact that in life there are from time to time points in which we experience pressure. En la vida, de tiempo a tiempo, hay puntos de presión. And how we deal with the pressure points of life uh, depends uh, or uh, uh, determines a lot how the, what the outcome will be. Como usted y yo tratamos con los puntos de presión en la vida, determinan uh, de muchas formas cómo va a ser el resultado de aquella situación. Uh, if you are a Christian or a non-Christian, you're going to have pressure points. Siendo cristiano o no cristiano va a tener puntos de presión. In, in fact, we said last time that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are even more inclined and more a greater target for the enemy's work to bring pressure in certain areas of your life. Um, si usted es cristiano, ha, ha hecho un compromiso de su vida con Dios, entonces el enemigo viene a traer presión a la vida del cristiano para querer tentar nuestra fe. He comes to test and to tempt our faith. And yet we discovered last week that the book of James gives us a practical teaching on how to deal with pressure in our life. El libro de Santiago nos da en una manera muy práctica la forma de poder aplicar la palabra de Dios a momentos de presión en nuestra vida. So I want you to raise your hand if you've ever been at a pressure point. Levante su mano si usted ha estado en un punto de presión. All right, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're in a pressure point right now, but I think some of you might might raise both hands. All right. So we always need a biblical truth to apply to our everyday life. Necesitamos la verdad bíblica para aplicarla a nuestra vida práctica. And so James chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, vemos a ver Santiago capítulo 1, verso 9. But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like flowering grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with the scorching wind and withers the grass, and its flowers falls off of its beauty, of its appearance is destroyed. So to the rich man, in the midst of his pursuits, will fade away. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening for the opportunity to be in your house, this house of worship and of prayer. We thank you that we are your people, and tonight in your presence, you have made known to us your great love. I ask you tonight to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, taking nothing for granted except knowing that I have nothing to say to your people except you would say it through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask as well that you would anoint the hearing of the congregation that in hearing the word taught, they might be quickened to action and to faith. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. 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 Tonight we're going to deal with the pressure point of 
lack. Esta noche vamos a tratar con el punto de presión de, uh, se me fue la palabra en, espa en español, uh, someone help me, the word lack. Uh, escasez, escasez. Perdón, se me fue la palabra y no, no la escribí. El punto de presión de la escasez. How many of you know that lack can be a pressure point in your life? ¿Cuántos saben que la escasez es un punto de presión en nuestra vida? In fact, when Christians have been surveyed, the greatest, uh, the greatest issue that puts pressure on marriages is always, number one, money. Uh, muchas veces, o en cada estadística que se ha hecho, cuando se pregunta a un matrimonio cuál es la área de más dificultad que trae presión al matrimonio, la respuesta siempre es la escasez financiera. And tonight we're going to talk about the pressure point of lack, not just financial lack, but uh, different forms of lack that you and I experience that put pressure on our life. Hay, hay escasez más que nomás en lo financiero, y esto pone presión en nuestra vida, and we need to learn how to deal with the pressure point of lack, because life has its cycles and its seasons. La vida tiene su ciclo y sus sazones, y a veces... Uh, ocurre en la vida momentos de escasez. Sometimes there are in life moments of lack. There are moments when you may be needing or wanting something that you don't have available to you. Quizá momentos cuando necesitas algo que no tienes accesible a ti y no tienes la oportunidad de tomar mano de ello. And so what does God tell us to do in moments like this? ¿Qué es lo que Dios dice en momentos Como esto. So uh, tonight we're going to deal with the issue of lack. And I think there are many ways that you and I can experience lack. I already mentioned the primary one you know, which you and I think of. We think about financial lack. Uh, how many of you have ever been in a financially tight spot? Yeah, just half of you. The rest of you are uh, a-okay. That's good. All right. Good, good for you. How many of you have ever been in an, a, an emotional lack? ¿Cuántos han estado en un estado de escasez emocional? You lacked peace. You lacked joy. You lacked contentment. You lacked the ability to rest at night. You lacked the ability to, um, to enjoy your family. Those things are emotional lack. Maybe you have experienced uh, the, the lack of opportunities. Quizá ha experimentado la falta, la escasez de oportunidades. And so uh, when you think of lack... How you and I respond to lack is very important. La manera que usted y yo respondemos a la escasez es muy importante y es lo que vamos a ver esta noche. What basically the book of James tells us is that a poor man should rejoice and that the rich man should also rejoice. And so what we're going to learn right off the bat is that when you come to deal with lack, that our answer needs to be a spirit of contentment. Lo que vemos cuando vemos a Santiago, él nos dice que el pobre y el rico deben tener gozo, y eso nos enseña que siendo pobre o rico, hay que tener una, una alegría, un contentamiento, aún en los, los momentos de escasez en nuestra vida. Uh, while you hold your place in the book of James, deteniendo su lugar ahí en Santiago, I want you to turn over to the book of Proverbs. Now this is an Old Testament book, Proverbs, about right in the middle of your Bible. If you find the book of Psalms, just go toward the right. You're going to find Proverbs chapter 30. Vamos a leer Proverbios capítulo 30, el verso 8. Proverbs chapter 30, and uh, beginning... At verse 7. Vamos a leer desde el verso 7. So we're going to turn here to look at something that we're going to apply to what we're talking about tonight. And this is going to be the subject of my message tonight. Attack lack. Okay, so say that out loud with me. Attack lack. Tell your neighbor, attack lack. All right, tell the other guy now, attack 
lack. Vamos a atacar la escasez. All right, I hope you put your war face on now. Say it again. Attack lack. Okay. I don't want you to have a lack of attack tonight. I need you to attack lack. Okay, sometimes you get whooped because you had a lack of attack. Okay. We're going to attack lack. Vamos a atacar la escasez. All right, so you're going to go with me through some portions of Scripture here, and then we're going to slow down and look at this subject. Did you find it? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7. Two things I ask of you. Now listen, these are two things that the writer of Proverbs is asking from God. Aquí hay dos cosas que el escritor de Proverbios le está pidiendo a Dios. Dice, dos cosas te he pedido, no me las rehusas antes de morir. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lie far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. That I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. All right, so here the writer of Proverbs asks God, he says, Lord, don't make me rich or poor. Make me everything that you want me to be. Aquí vemos que el escritor de Proverbios dice, Señor, no me hagas ni rico ni pobre. Hazme todo lo que tú quieras que yo sea. Why? He said, well, maybe if you make me rich, I might forget all about you and then say, who is the Lord? Quizás si me hace rico, me voy a jactar o me voy a, a, voy a pensar mu, mucho de, de mí mismo y voy a preguntar, ¿Quién es el Señor? Y me voy a olvidar de Dios. Uh, and then he says, maybe if you make me poor, then I might curse you uh, or bring shame upon your name because I do those things which are not pleasing to you. Quizá si me haces pobre, no voy a poder um, resistir y voy a maldecir a Dios. Entonces, dame la porción que me corresponde a mí. So in other words, give me the portion that belongs to me. So right there in that passage, we see a prayer to God for a spirit of contentment. Ahí vemos una oración hacia Dios en la cual el Señor, o el escritor le está pidiendo a Dios un espíritu de contentamiento. Here's what I want for you. I want you uh, to be uh, all that God made you to be. Yo quiero que ustedes sean todo lo que Dios los creó para que fuesen. And when you become that, you will be truly rich. Cuando usted haga eso, o sea eso, usted va a estar rico. Now, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with being rich, and there's nothing wrong with being poor. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Um, I, I guess you could say if you've tried poor, rich is a lot better, right? Uh, si usted ha sido pobre, es mejor ser pobre que rico. Pero no hay nada espiritual en ser rico o pobre. There's nothing spiritual about being rich or poor. Some people teach that if you're really poor and you have nothing, then you are godly. Algunos enseñan que si usted es pobre y no tiene nada, es, es como ser muy santo y justo. Others teach that if you're not rich, you're not godly. Otros enseñan que si no, si no tienes finanzas y no, eres, no tienes recursos, que no conoces a Dios, no estás caminando con Dios. Okay, both of those are extremes and they're both wrong. Esas dos cosas son extremos y los dos son malos. Están mal, están equivocados. El que piensa que ser pobre es ser justo, se olvida que hay personas muy pobres que son también muy injustas. Y el que piensa que ser rico es bueno y es santo, es justo, es, se olvida que hay personas ricas que son injustas. There are rich people who fear the Lord and there are rich people who don't fear the Lord. There are poor people who fear the Lord and there are poor people who don't fear the Lord. Say amen, somebody. Okay, so there's nothing particularly spiritual about being broke. 
No hay nada en particular espiritual en tener la escasez. All right, so I want you to have that in mind. What are we praying for then? We're praying for a spirit of contentment. ¿Qué estamos pidiendo entonces? Un espíritu de contentamiento. De estar contento con lo que tengo en este momento. Now, I want you to read another verse with me. Psalm chapter 34. Ahora el Salmo 34, el verso 10. All right, Psalm 34, verse 10, is a promise And I would like for you to memorize this verse of Scripture. He said, Pastor, I'm going to have a very busy week. I probably won't have time to memorize it this week. But uh, maybe someday I'll get around to it. Well, whenever you get around to it, you're going to learn a valuable truth from Scripture. All right. So if I were you, I would make time to memorize it this week. Say amen, somebody. All right, Salmos 34, el Salmo 34, verso 10, Psalm 34, verse 10. The, the scripture reads, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall be in want, shall not be in want of any good thing. Doesn't that sound good? Dice que los leoncillos... Sufren y tienen hambre, pero los que buscan a Dios no tendrán escasez de ninguna cosa buena. Now, did I say that or does the Bible say that? That's the word of God. Esa es la palabra de Dios. What does God say? He says, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good Thing. Los que buscan a Dios, dice la palabra del Señor, no tendrán escasez de ninguna cosa buena. All right, are there any God seekers in here? Habrá alguien aquí que busca a Dios. So if you're a God seeker, I want you to say this with me. Because I seek the Lord, I will lack no good thing. Once again, because I seek the Lord, I will lack no good thing. Ahora, yo quiero que usted piense porque yo sirvo a Dios. No tendré escasez de ninguna cosa buena. That's your promise from the Lord. Esa es tu promesa de Dios. So tonight, if you're living in, uh, in the projects and you're, you're thinking... Um, I just want God to get me through this month. When you lay your head on your pillow tonight, you say, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. And I want you to start believing that that may be where you are, but that's not where you're staying because God has better things for you. Come on, somebody. And tonight, if you're in your dream house and you're sleeping on your dream bed and you've got your dream spouse, when you lay down your head tonight, oh, say amen, somebody. <laughs> uh, I felt unbelief come through the room all of a sudden. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. If you got everything you've been, ever wanted and prayed for tonight when you put your head on the pillow, you say, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. And so when you see lack walk into your life, you look at lack in the eyes and you say, because I seek the Lord, I will lack no good thing. Cuando llegue la escasez a tu vida, mira la escasez en los ojos y dile, porque yo sirvo a Dios, no me faltará ninguna cosa buena. All right. Now let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Vamos a, a ir a lo... Lo primordial aquí. Who gets this promise? Who's we? Yeah. ¿Quién puede poseer esa promesa? Those who seek the Lord. That's where it begins. Esta promesa es para los que buscan a Dios. If you don't seek the Lord, friend, the Lord loves you. Say amen. amen. Okay. The Lord loves you, but you cannot claim this promise. Si usted no busca a Dios, usted 
Dios lo ama, pero no le puede dar esta promesa a usted. Esta promesa le pertenece a los que buscan a Dios. Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. Jesús dijo, buscar primero el reino de Dios y su justicia y todas las demás cosas serán añadidas. And so what we read there is that seekers, those who seek God, can expect God to provide their daily needs. Los que buscan a Dios pueden esperar que Dios les provea sus necesidades básicas y diarias. Even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. What is he saying? He's teaching us to trust God for the essentials of everyday life. Ahí, aún en la oración de Jesús, Él nos enseña a orar pidiendo por el pan nuestro de cada día. Entonces, eso quiere decir que el que busca a Dios puede confiar que va a tener su pan diario. Now, I don't know all of you. I know all of you. I didn't walk with all of you today. But I'm looking at you. I'm taking a good look at you. And I think all of you got to eat something today. And if you didn't, you're planning on it. You already have the restaurant figured out. Uh, or you got something at home. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Has God met your needs? Amen. Has God made, met your basic needs? Al, al estudiarlos a cada uno esta noche me da, me da como que ya ustedes han comido hoy Y que van a comer después del culto una vez más Eso me quiere decir a mí Que me dice a mí que ustedes han recibido su pan diario Antes el, el, el evangelista David García decía Digan amén si pueden ¿Cuántos pueden decir amén? Ok, pero aquí vemos que Dios le provee a los que le buscan. God provides for those who seek him. But you know, he also provides for those who don't seek him. Right? Because even when you weren't serving the Lord, he was feeding you. Pero él también provee para los que no le buscan. Aun cuando no estábamos sirviendo a Dios... Él nos daba de comer. Here's what I want you to see tonight. That God wants to provide your basic needs, but that's not all that he wants to provide. Dios quiere suplir tus necesidades básicas, pero eso no es todo lo que él quiere suplir. So, there's, there's some of his kids who all they know how to pray for is their daily bread and, and all they get is their daily bread. But there's others of his kids that have learned the secret of asking big things from God. And believing with great faith. And so they have learned to enjoy not just their daily bread, but they have learned to enjoy the blessing and provision of God where he said that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly and above all that you could ask or even imagine. Are there any of those kids here tonight? Otro de los hijos de Dios han aprendido que Dios quiere darnos más que nomás el pan diario. Nos quiere dar mucho más allá que lo, poda, lo que podamos uh, imaginarnos o pensar. Now the next thing we need to notice in this verse is that he says he will withhold no what? No good thing. Ahora vemos también en este pasaje que dice la Escritura que no va a haber escasez de ninguna cosa buena en nuestra vida. Now here's where we have to begin where we ended last week. Last week I taught you to ask God. Right? La semana pasada les enseñé que es necesario preguntarle o pedirle a Dios. Here's what you need to learn. When there's lack in an area of your life, first thing you and I need to do is ask God. Cuando hay escasez en algún área de nuestra vida, tenemos que pedirle a Dios. 
Why is this lack in my life? ¿Por qué está esto faltando en mi vida? It may be that the thing you want isn't good for you. Puede ser que la cosa que usted quiere no es cosa buena. It may look good. It may feel good. It may, it may shimmer in the sunlight. It may have all of the traits of being a blessing, but God won't let it into your life, and you're crying about it, and you're saying, but why me, God? Everybody else got one of these. I want a husband. Everybody else got a husband. I want a wife. Everybody else seems to get a wife. And if that guy deserves a wife, I deserve a wife too. You know, they got that job. Why didn't I get that job? They get to have, they get to have a little bonus. I didn't get any bonus, God. Why are these things not in my life? And he may be saying to you, if you ask him, he may be saying, that is not a good thing for you. Quizá Dios no le ha dado lo que le está pidiendo porque le está diciendo, esa no es cosa buena para ti. So let's ask a real honest question. Is there anything you ever asked for God that you're glad he didn't give you? Every one of us. Right now, we're saying, thank you, Lord, because in 1983, I asked for that thing, and I'm glad that you did not give me that. I told you about Lulu, didn't I? Do you remember Lulu? The governor went to the, to the uh, uh, insane asylum, and there was a man on the f first floor rocking back and forth saying, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. And he said, what's wrong with this guy? They said, that guy, Lulu, refused to marry him. Oh, poor guy. So they got up to the third floor, and there was a man in a straitjacket bouncing off the walls saying, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. And he said, what happened to that guy? He said, that's the guy Lulu did marry. <laughs> so maybe if she said no, it's okay. Maybe if God protected you it's because he knows what's good for you can you trust God with that decision so don't fight him because he might be saying it's not a good thing it might look good but it isn't good quizá Dios no le ha dado lo que está pidiendo porque no es cosa buena It might be a good thing for somebody else, but it might be the wrong thing for you. Quizás sea bueno para alguien más, pero sea lo equivocado para nosotros. All right, so we're going to talk about how we respond to lack. First of all, I want you to note some wrong ways that we respond to lack. Primero vamos a ver maneras equivocadas que respondemos a la escasez. The first one is fear. Uh, una de las áreas de equivocación cuando viene la escasez es que uh, lo primero que hacemos responder con temor. Often we respond to lack with fear. And that's a natural thing. Uh, it's a natural emotion in the, in the soul of man. Es natural en el alma del hombre la experiencia del temor. But the fact is that fear is the opposite of faith. El temor es lo opuesto a la fe. And so when you hear a rumor in the building, that in the office building, that says there are layoffs going on, immediately you think lack, and then the next thing is fear. What if I lose my job? How am I going to feed my kids? And in a second, you see your kids and your husband and you sleeping in a box under the bridge. Right? Doesn't take long at all for you to be in the poorhouse. Viene un rumor a la oficina y dicen, vamos a desocupar a varios. Inmediatamente viene el temor. Y el temor te dice, vas a estar durmiendo bajo el puente. Vas a tener que perder todo. You're going to lose everything. Okay, that's the wrong response 
Esa es la, la respuesta equivocada. Why? Because the scripture said that God did not give us a spirit of fear. Dice la escritura que Dios no nos ha dado un espíritu de cobardía. You know, Jeremiah 17 talks about the righteous man. He's like a tree whose roots have extended into the stream and he does not fear when drought comes. Dice la escritura en Jeremías 17 que el hombre justo es como un árbol cuya raíz ha entrado a las aguas y no teme cuando viene la sequía. Listen to that. He does not fear when drought comes. No teme la sequía. Every other tree fears drought except for that tree that is drinking from a divine supply. Cada árbol teme la sequía, menos aquel que está bebiendo agua de una fuente divina. And so, in the place of fear, we need to respond with faith. En lugar de la, del temor, tenemos que responder con la fe. You might get a, a bad report from the doctor. You think immediately, lack of health, and you start planning your funeral. You've got to respond with faith, not with fear. Cuando venga el doctor y le dé un reporte malo, usted en vez de tener temor sobre el futuro, tenga fe. And this is how faith responds. Faith says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Faith says, God has given me favor so that if they lay off everybody else, I'm still going to have a job. And if I do get laid off, he's going to provide another job and he'll provide the resources while I'm waiting. Come on, somebody. That's what our, that's what our God has taught us to do, to trust him. Nuestro Dios nos enseña a confiar en Él. Así que cuando viene el temor y te dice, vas a perder el trabajo, vas a perder tu casa, tu carro, entonces el, el, la fe viene y dice, aunque pierda todo, Dios me va a suplir mis necesidades. Yo tengo el favor de Dios. La gracia de Dios está sobre mi vida. Y ahí cuando llega la fe... Dios va a operar. When faith is present, God gets involved. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Where there's fear, God will not get involved. Faith is what moves the heart of God. La fe es lo que mueve el corazón de Dios. Another wrong response to lack is complaining. Otra uh, respuesta equivocada a la de, escasez es el renegar. How many of you are complainers? Oh, there's some honest folks in here. ¿Cuántos son, cuánto les gusta renegar? I've met some complainers. It's like an Olympic sport to them. Yo he conocido unos que reniegan como que fuera un arte. Les, les sale la, uh, uh, aquella cosa como, como algo, algo muy bien pensado. They, they, there's people who can complain and be articulate about it. But here's the thing. Complaining has never once solved a single problem. Cuando usted reniega, nunca, jamás ha solucionado un problema. So complaining is the wrong attitude to take when there's lack. Cuando hay escasez, uh, comenzar a renegar no es la respuesta. Because complaining leads you away from faith. El renegar te mueve de la fe. You start complaining and all you can think about is what you don't have. And so it goes a little bit like this, right? Because have you ever noticed that complaining is contagious? ¿Se ha dado cuenta usted que el renegar es contagioso? Usted se encuentra con alguien que está renegando y después usted comienza a renegar también. You're hanging out with someone who's complaining. Before you know it, you're complaining too. You get home, now you're complaining about to your husband, and now your husband's complaining with the kids. And before long, everybody in the house is just griping away. Complaining starts putting in your mind what you don't have, what you can't do. Every time I'm about to get ahead. Ever use those words? 
Comenzamos a hablar lo negativo Comenzamos a pensar lo que no tengo Cada vez que voy a sacar cabeza Llega esto Cada vez que voy a hacer algo And we start talking about the negative And the negative is the flesh okay? Lo negativo es la carne and The Bible says that the mindset on the flesh is death La mente puesta en la carne es muerte So if you want to kill your, your church Start complaining You want to kill your marriage? Start complaining. You want to kill your company? Start complaining. Because complaint is the work of the flesh. Si usted quiere matar su iglesia, comience a renegar. Comience a renegar si quiere matar su matrimonio. Comience a renegar si quiere matar la compañía que Dios le dio o la oportunidad que Dios le dio. Porque la renegación es la carne, lo negativo. Y eso produce muerte. All that does is produce Death. What you got to do instead is start thanking God. Lo que tenemos que hacer en vez de renegar es dar gracias. Because when you start being grateful, gratitude changes your perspective from what you don't have to what you do have. La gratitud cambia la perspectiva de lo que no tienes a lo que tienes. Because listen, when you start being grateful, you realize that it could be worse. That you could have lost everything. That you could have not, never had a chance to begin with. Cuando comienzas a agradecer a Dios, el agradecimiento alza tus ojos hacia lo que es, uh, viene de arriba. Y comienzas a ver que a lo mejor las cosas pudieran haber sido peores. Que si no hubiera sido por la gracia de Dios, hubiese perdido todo y la gratitud cambia tu hora tu, tu manera de pensar y eso cambia tu manera de orar when gratitude will change the way you think it also changes the way you pray that's why when we pray we need to begin our prayers with thanksgiving tenemos que comenzar nuestras oraciones con acción de gracia thank you lord that i that i have a job thank you that i have a church thank you that i have a pastor thank you that i have a spouse thank you that i have these kids thank you that i have these resources thank you that i have this house come on somebody thank you that i have a car it may not be a new car but i thank you that i have a car it may not be the the biggest house but i thank you that i have a roof over my head come on somebody and when you start celebrating what you have you realize that God has been good on your level comienza a darle gracias a Dios y usted ve que Dios le ha sido bueno has God been good to anybody so complaining is not the right approach when lack comes into your life Turn it around and thank God and say, okay, God, I thank you because although I don't have that, I have all these other things you've provided. And I'm going to trust that while I don't have that thing that I'm asking you for, that you know what's best for me. And if it's a good thing, it's going to come into my life. And if it's a bad thing, I don't want it. It takes a measure of faith to be able to trust God. So that's, a, that, that's the, the wrong way to approach it. Now, I told you the, the right way to approach it is to ask God. So I'm going to give you three W's tonight. Le voy a dar tres palabras aquí para cómo responder a la escasez. How to attack lack. Number one is get wisdom. Lo primero es buscar la sabiduría. God's word teaches us how to attack lack. La palabra de Dios nos enseña cómo atacar la escasez. So the first thing we need to do is get wisdom. When I say get wisdom, we're talking about getting the word. Métete a la palabra a ver qué es lo que Dios dice sobre este tema. Get in the word and ask God, what do you say about this subject where there's lack? In my life. Look at what Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says. Deuteronomio capítulo 8 verso 18. It says, but you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who is giving you power to make wealth. That he may confirm his covenant 
which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. So that's God's word on it. La palabra de Dios nos dice que Él nos ha dado el poder para hacer las riquezas. Here's what I want you to understand from that. God has given you and I, in His word, the wisdom and the power to produce the things that we need in our life. Dios nos ha dado en su palabra el poder para producir las cosas que están faltando en nuestra vida. It is the Lord who gives you the power to produce wealth. Es el Señor que te da el poder para producir las riquezas. So the thing we need to learn here is what does God's word say about this area in my life? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Another word of wisdom on our uh, lack. Otra, otra palabra, Proverbios 3, 9 y 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with your increase, and from the first fruits of your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You want to have plenty? Say amen. amen. Do you want to have plenty? Amen. What does plenty mean? More than enough. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Here's what I want you to see right here. God says, honor me with what you have, and abundance will come into your life. Dios dice, honrame con lo que tienes, vas a tener abundancia. He says, your barns will overflow with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Dice que tus, tus lagares rebosarán con vino nuevo si tú honras a Dios. Here's the thing. Lack comes to test whether or not you will honor God. La escasez viene para aprobar si o no vas a honrar a Dios. It's very easy to honor God when you have everything you want. It's harder to honor God when you've have a tight budget. Es más difícil honrar a Dios cuando las cosas están estiradas. Pero ahí Dios dice, honrame. God says there, honor me. That's the wisdom of God. Esa es la sabiduría de Dios. So don't ever let the enemy come in and tell you, well, you put God last. And let's see what's left. No, you honor God. Siempre honre a Dios primero porque el enemigo viene y le dice, pon a Dios al último. What happens when you put God last? You never get around to God. Si pones a Dios al último, nunca llegas con Dios. And what you realize is that you didn't honor God and now because there's a lack of your applying those biblical principles, there's lack in those areas of your life. God will bless the areas of your life where you honor him. Dios va a bendecir las áreas de tu vida donde tú lo honras. If you honor him in your finances, he's going to bless your finances. If you honor him in your relationships, he's going to bless your relationships. But he cannot bless where he's not Lord. Dios no puede bendecir donde Él no es Señor. And so, if you want Him to be bless, the blesser in that area of your life, He's got to be Lord in that area of your life. Él quiere ser y tiene que ser Señor en esas áreas de tu vida. Here's another one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. What has God said in His Word? He says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Mi Dios suplirá todas nuestras necesidades conforme sus riquezas en gloria. So the, the first thing when you see lack is you need to see what does God's word say. God's word says that he will supply all of my needs. That includes a car to get to work in. That includes a house for my children. That includes a good job, a well-paying job. That includes that I'm going to be able to have the clothes I need to wear. All of those things, he says, God shall supply. Get God's word on it. 
All right? Wisdom. If you apply this, this, these words, you're going to produce abundance in your life. Scripture says, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. That's the wisdom of God's word. God says, you bring to me the whole tithe. What's the whole tithe? The first 10% of our income. You bring it to the Lord. God said it belongs to me. Aquí vemos Malaquías 3.10 que dice el Señor, traer todo el diezmo al alfolir y habrá carne en mi casa. Y pruébame ahora en esto, si yo no abriré las ventanas de los cielos y derramaré sobre vosotros uh, bendición hasta que sobreabunde. Are there any tithers in here tonight? Does God bless the tither? ¿Será que Dios bendice al diezmador? Si usted es diezmador, usted sabe que cuando usted aplicó la sabiduría de la palabra de Dios a sus finanzas, que Dios hizo lo que Él prometió. If you're a tither, you know, I've been applying God's word and God has been faithful to me. Say amen, somebody. All right, so if you're not a tither, then I can explain most of the lack in your life. Si no es diezmador, Aquí está la respuesta por mucha de la falta o la escasez en tu vida. Because the tither has, the, has honored God and the hand of God is over his finances and the rest of his life. El diezmador ha honrado a Dios y Dios le ha puesto su mano de protección sobre de él. So if you're not a tither tonight, I want you to attack lack. Cuando, si usted no es diezmador, comienza a atacar la escasez. When you get your paycheck and you write, a, you write a tithe check, you're attacking lack. Cuando usted recibe su cheque y usted escribe el diezmo, un cheque de diezmo y, lo, y da su diezmo, usted está atacando la escasez. Why? Because he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. ¿Por qué? Porque él dijo, yo ataré al devorador dentro de vosotros. Entonces, el diezmo ataca la escasez. The tithe attacks lack. The next thing is your offering. Lo siguiente es nuestras ofrendas. Our offerings attack lack. Nuestras ofrendas atacan la escasez. What's, what's the difference between the tithe and an offering, Pastor? ¿Qué es la diferencia entre la ofrenda y el diezmo? The tithe, say this with me, the tithe belongs to the Lord. So there's a hundred dollars. How many of them belong to the Lord? Ten. Now, you have ninety dollars left. Who do they belong to? They're yours. Okay, really, they belong to the Lord too because everything is the Lord's. But he's giving them to you. When you take from that 90 and you give him something, that's called an offering. Usted da, tiene 100 dólares, da 10, el diezmo, ahora le quedan 90, ese 90 es de usted. Cuando usted toma el 90, del 90 y da una porción, eso es una ofrenda. Here's what I want to show you tonight, real quick. When you give your tenth, God blesses the ninety. Cuando usted da el diezmo, Dios bendice el noventa por ciento que queda. Check this out. Now that ninety percent is blessed. So when you take what's blessed and you give it to God, there's a blessing and multiplication on it. Cuando usted toma del 90, el cual está bendecido, y usted da, ahora esa ofrenda se multiplica. Now that offering becomes something God can multiply back into your life. God doesn't multiply the tithe because it's his. He multiplies our offerings. 
Dios trae multiplicación a nuestras ofrendas. So the scripture says that he will give bread to the eater and seed to the sower. If all you ever want to do is eat, he'll give you plenty of bread to eat the rest of your life. But if you want to go beyond bread, you have to become a sower. He says if you become a sower, you start giving that offering, now that seed becomes a multiplication factor in your life. Say amen, somebody. Amen. All right. Now those are the two most of us are familiar with. Ahora, eso es lo que casi estamos familiarizados con él. Some people would ask me, and I have asked the Lord this once. I said, Lord, why is it that some people tithe and they give and they're still broke? Ahora, yo le pregunto al Señor, porque ustedes también están preguntando, ¿por qué será que algunos diezman y dan y todavía no les rinde? And here's the answer the Lord gave me. I don't know if he can handle this. Your heart is beating. All right. Can you handle the truth? Here's what he said. He said, you cannot honor me in one area and dishonor me in another and expect me to bless it. So here's the thing. Yo le pregunté eso y él me dijo, no me pueden honrar en una área y deshonrarme en otra. So here, here it is. If you honor God with your tithe and you honor God with your offerings, but you don't save and you spend more money than you make and you put a lot of things on credit and you go to 90 days same as cash, Then, he says, the borrower is a slave to the lender. He says, consider the ant. The ant stores up for the winter. Ahora, si usted diezma y usted da, pero no alza dinero y gasta más que lo que le entra y pone muchas cosas a crédito y está siempre comprando cosas que no tiene dinero para comprar Cash, so las compra en crédito, ahora usted tiene deudas y el deudor es esclavo al que le presta. Entonces yo no puedo decir, pero Señor, ¿por qué no me basta? No me rinde. Él nos está diciendo, todo lo que tú necesitas lo estoy supliendo, pero lo estás mal usando. We cannot blame God for our bad stewardship. I told you you couldn't handle this. No podemos culpar a Dios por nuestra falta de mayordomía. Entonces, ¿cómo atacamos la, la, la uh, escasez? So how do we attack lack? We attack lack by tithing, by giving, and by being wise stewards of God's resources. Atacamos la escasez cuando somos sabios con los recursos que Dios nos ha dado. Now, now I want to just say this in closing. There are times when you just don't make enough. Okay, there are some circumstances where that is true. And so in that case, that you definitely don't need to get into any more debt. Hay momentos cuando no entra suficiente. Y ahí uh, ya, ya no es un, un, un asunto de que tengo, uh, no, no, me, no me rinde. A veces uh, uh, solamente no hay la entrada. Y Dios dice, si estás en esa situación, yo voy a suplir tus necesidades. Pero quiero darle un ejemplo. I want to give you an example. I had a couple come to the church once. They're not here tonight, so don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, una vez vino una pareja a la iglesia. Y me dijo, Pastor, tenemos hambre. No hemos comido. I said, Pastor, we're hungry. We have not eaten. And, of course, that breaks your heart, right? Eso, eso les tira el corazón. 
I said, well, tell me about your financial situation. What's going on? Bueno, dime de tu situación. Porque vinieron a pedir comida. They came to ask for food. And they started telling me their financial situation. And uh, they said, well, you know, we had a, we had a, a bills, some bills to pay. So we went this morning and we paid the bills. I said, okay, what, did you, what bills did you pay? Well, we, had, uh, we have our living room set at, at uh, whatever place. I want to advertise or not advertise for anybody. And I said, how much did you, did you take over there this morning? About $600. I about fell out of my seat. I said, wait a minute. Let me, let me understand this. You had $600 cash this morning when you woke up. Yes. And today, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you're hungry. Why? Well, we didn't want our leather couch to get repossessed. I said, mijo. <laughs> I said, look, you cannot afford a leather couch right now. You are begging for what you need and spending on what you want. You got to stop. You cannot Spend money on the things you want and then beg for the things you need. If you're not in the leather couch season of your life, you're not in the leather couch season. If you can't afford it right now, you can't afford it. I want to deliver you today from thinking that you got to keep up with the neighbors and keep up with so-and-so and keep up over there. You don't have to keep up with anybody. God said, I'm going to supply your needs, not just so you can keep up with other people. But sometimes we get our priorities mixed up and we spend money on the things we don't need and then the things we do need, we're begging for. God says, you can attack your lack by getting wisdom, turning that thing around, and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this differently. We'll, we'll finish this off next week. Vamos a terminar esto la semana que viene. But I want you to attack lack. Today, get a spirit of gratitude that says, God, I thank you for what I have. Esta noche, tome un espíritu de gratitud y diga, Señor, te agradezco lo que tengo. I don't have everything I want. But really, do I need a bigger TV right now? Do I need a bigger living room set right now? So what I want you to do tonight as we stand, would you stand with me? I want you to attack lack by just raising your hands and start thanking God. For what he has already done. What he is doing. What he's going to do. God's been good to you. And he says, I'm not going to withhold any good thing. So if you don't have it yet, it may not be good for you right now. Trust me. Trust me. Watch me work. Do it my way. Come on, just open your mouth in thanksgiving to the Lord. Comience a agradecer a Dios esta noche. A darle gracias porque Él ha sido bueno. Y quizá si te ha dicho que no en algunas cosas es porque Él dice, tú no lo necesitas todavía. No es algo bueno para ti. Padre, yo te pido que liberes a tu pueblo de cualquier comparación con lo que otros tienen. Que ellos puedan saber que tú los tienes a ellos en mente. God, I come against every spirit of comparison that would try to trap your people into believing that they have to keep up with somebody else. We curse that in the name of Jesus. 
We declare we are your child, your son, your daughter. You have a specific, unique plan for my life, and you will withhold no good thing from me. I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life. I will see the goodness of the Lord in my finances. I will not lack any good thing. Joy is mine. Peace is mine. Provision is mine. Love is mine. Grace is mine. Contentment is mine. Because Jesus Christ bought it and paid for it at the cross. His blood has made it mine tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on, just receive that emotional peace, that emotional healing that you're lacking. Just receive that grace from God to say, I've got you. Those who seek me will lack no good thing. El que me busca a mí, dice el Señor, no le faltará ninguna cosa buena.